So, you know, these weekly Wednesday morning meetings, they'll be just a, a real short reflection and then a guided meditation for maybe like 20 minutes or 25 minutes, don't know, you know, what how it goes. And then we can sit. Yeah, I just feel that the essential teaching of the Buddha and all of this um, material is just like fits together wonderfully. You know, there is so much richness and, and so much uh, capacity for coherence between those two approaches. And I think essentially it's mainly about, you know, bringing this very effective teaching from its representation of Iron Age India into our contemporary times and really related very much to our most pressing issues at this time, this kind of poly crisis, how it's called, this interlocking crisis, which are now starting to rear their head more and more and, and the more and more people are becoming aware, you know, that things are, we are on a threshold. And we need to learn, you know, to navigate the world differently. In particular, we need to outgrow the human-centric stories about what life is all about and who we are and so on. So these human-centric stories need to have an update, really. They need to make way for kin-centric stories, for the fact, you know, that we are all interrelated. Like, you know, indigenous people speak about all their relatives, the animal relatives and the mountains and the rivers and the stars and the planet herself. So this is the evolutionary challenge, you know, which we are asked to turn towards. And I'd like the teachings, particularly on the Wednesdays and on the Saturdays, to be reserved exactly for that, for that conscious turning towards the evolutionary challenge. And I've brought a quote by Gregory Bateson, who was a cultural anthropologist and system thinker who died 1980, he was from the UK originally. And he said, the major problem of the world, or the major problems of the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. So the difference between how nature works and the way people think, the stories we we tell ourselves and tell to our children and are taught in schools and universities about who we are and what the world is. Those stories need to be updated. And currently, you know, those stories, they are based on a dualistic, mechanistic, reductionist thinking, which is at the root of the polycrisis because this reductionist um dualistic thinking isn't really able to encapsulate what it is this planet and and us and what's happening because it tries to reduce everything to to machines and like 
and now the poly crisis, we need to fix it like fixing a truck or something. It's not like that. We need to first really deeply know who we are in order to be able to respond. So we can't really respond from the old worldview because it's just a repetition of the same thing again and again. You know, and generally, when we look at evolution, there are long periods of, of relative stability where there's only small changes happening and they start to add up. And then at one point, there's like a sudden burst. And then I think that's what's happening now. You know, there's like a sudden release of energy. And we are at the moment, you know, we are going towards that, you know. As, as the different elements of the crisis are getting more and more intense. At one point, it's going to shift. And, and you know, and if we understand ourselves as parts of the planet, as participants of the planet, not separate from it, then we need to really first make an effort to update our minds and our stories first and use the skillful means of meditation besides other modalities to do that work you know and i'd like to today for example guide us in the meditation on the elements which is a very ancient teaching you know from iron age india really it's the first establishment of mindfulness is one of the three meditations which are offered there and I think this is a particular powerful practice, but it needs to be done consistently, you know, not just like once or twice, but needs to be done consistently and it will change our views. It will update our imaginations about who we think we are. And then, you know, from that updated worldview, action will emerge. In particular, you know, if we are meeting together as a group, if we are witnessing our intentions, if we are, you know, coming to discussion and through the clarity of the intention, uh, we are basically calling it forth. Because we are basically saying, you know, I am ready to receive, I'm ready to embody. And I think, you know, what I'd like us to do together is to to basically prepare ourselves so that we can hear what is being said, you know, by the biosphere. And then from that hearing, trusting, you know, the biointelligence of our own equipment, our bodies and minds and hearts to know how to respond, because there's a, a different kind of intelligence needs to come online, which has not been trained. And that's why it's dormant in us. And that reminds me, you know, that very powerful image of the Buddha touching the earth in the night of his enlightenment. You know, that clarity of in order for something to really be liberating, it needs to be embodied. And what needs to be embodied changes, you know, over the ages, because we don't live in Iron Age India right now. We are living in a very different time. And the teachings need to be embodied now. And what's happening now, that polycrisis is happening now. And for us, you know, to tune in with that and offer, render, you know, our service to, to this evolutionary intelligence, that's something we can do. 
you know, and basically asking to be informed. And I love that word informed, you know, allowing that information to come into our form and become conscious. And through different practices, one of them being the meditation on the elements, we can basically invite that process. And uh, so that's what I'd like to start with today. By finding a posture, you know, which you can sustain, let's say about uh, 40 minutes or so. And just coming to this really ancient form of meditation, which is now very much needed medicine, more than ever. So find the posture and then, you know, allow your breath to take you into the body. And just, you know, taking a screenshot, how are you right now? In your mind, the emotional heart and the body, how are you feeling? Feeling exhausted, feeling stressed, feeling relaxed. And, you know, let your nervous system guide you. Just whatever it is, that's what it is right now. And, you know, being aware of the cushion or the chair you are sitting on, feeling the hardness, you know, of the surface which carries us. You know, the planet pulling us towards herself, the gravity. And in a sensing the soil underneath, even we are maybe in a second, third, fourth floor in a house, we can still relate to the soil, you know, which is underneath that house and you know just noticing does the mind connect with that or not no no need to push just knowing what's happening So arriving here and then, you know, press your teeth together and feel the hardness. You know, that's a direct experience of earth element, hardness as opposed to softness and also structure. 
And we can be particularly aware of that in the fingernails, in the teeth, in the bones. And I guide us now in a scanning from the top of the head down to the feet and bringing the awareness to simply to the hardness, which we can sense, you know, in the bones. So starting with the head, skull bones, hardness. And you know, there's nothing in particular we have to do, just, you know, allow the mind to respond to the guidance. This is not a scientific process, but this is more like an intuitive process. It's an art, really. An art form. Of finding new ways of relating to who we are, to what we are. And that's, you know, that's really the kingpin of the whole practice is how do I relate to my experience? Am I, you know, again and again being pulled into old ways of thinking and strategizing? Or can I pay attention in a new way? Because that's, you know, the evolutionary ask right now, that we pay attention to experience in a new way and an ancient way at the same time, because this meditation is ancient. So starting on the top of the head, hardness, earth element. And then slowly scanning down over the head and the face to the neck. Hardness, earth element. Then we are coming to the shoulders. Hardness, earth element. And then the upper arms, hardness, earth element. Then over the elbows, we come to the lower arms, hardness, earth element.
and then the hands, many little bones, hardness, earth element. Then the torso with the ribcage and the spine, hardness, earth element. Then the hips and the pelvis, hardness, earth element. Upper legs, hardness, earth element. Lower legs, hardness, earth element. Lower legs, hardness, earth element. And the feet, hardness, earth element. So this whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally in the mountains and the rocks is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And there isn't really an inner and out or an outer. It's blurred. There's no real boundary there. And if we don't ingest earth element for one or two months, the body is going to shut down, it's going to fall apart, it's going to die. So to look at our experience in this way is 
instrumental for the necessary wisdom and response to come forth. And this is a, is a training, you know, this cannot be intellectualized. The intellect is, a, is definitely helpful to direct the mind and understand what is at stake, but then we need to train ourselves through regular practice for that to sink in and have these new neural pathways being established through integrating a different view about who we are and what we are and what's the right thing to do is going to come by changing the story. And that earth element is mixed with water element, otherwise it would be just powder. And the water element, we can become aware of it in the softness of the flesh, you know, which is permeated by different liquids, such as the blood and other liquids, lymph. And the body consists 75% of water. So the softness of the flesh, which is between the bones and the skin, that layer. And we start with the feet being aware of flesh and water element. Water element stands for liquidity, for wetness. For cohesion. And then from the feet we come to the lower legs. Flesh water element. Then the upper legs, flesh, water element.
then the torso with all of the intestines in the flesh water element. Intestines, I think it's called, sorry. Flesh water element. And then the hands, flesh, water element. The lower arms, flesh, water element. The upper arms, flesh, water element. And the shoulders, flesh, water element. And neck, flesh, water element. The face, flesh, water element, the head, this whole body is permeated by water element, water element internally and water element externally in the rivers and the lakes, the oceans, the rains, is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of a self. There is no real internal and external. It's blurred. We never cut the umbilical cord towards the biosphere. And if we don't drink, you know, for a week or less than that, the body shuts down and going to fall apart. And then, you know, in order to, for the water to operate as a body, needs to have a certain temperature. If it's too hot, it evaporates. If it's too cold, it freezes. But that brings us to the next element, which is the fire element, which we can become aware of on the skin, you know, either in the mouth, for example, under our arms, or just, you know, where the air in the room touches the face, maybe, or the hands might be able to feel a coolness or a warmth. So we are starting again on the top of the head, 
and becoming aware of uh, fire element. Then sweeping down to the neck, fire element. My shoulders, fire element. Torso, fire element. Hands, fire element. Lower arms, fire element. <clears throat> Upper arms, fire element. Pelvis, fire element. Upper legs, fire element. Lower legs, fire element. And the feet. Fire element. But this whole body is permeated by fire element. Fire element internally and fire element externally coming from the sun the star you know, in our solar system, it's exactly the same fire element. Fire element is empty, empty of a self. And this body can only live in a certain temperature range, you know, which we can extend through clothing and housing and heating, but still it's only a certain range. And heat is the product of motion, which takes us to the next element, which is the wind element, which stands for motion, pressure, expansion and contraction and we can become aware of it through the breathing process
with the in-breath, we can become aware, you know, of the expansion of the torso. With the out-breath, the contraction, settling and relaxing into the spaciousness. And even if we don't breathe for like three minutes or so, this body is going to collapse. A very intimate connection, very vital, all of those elements. gets one more vital. So the next element is the space element. And all of the cavities in the body, the eye sockets, the mouth, the ears, the womb, the whip, cage. And also we are sitting in space. Space which doesn't end at the walls of the room, but it's expanding. as we sitting here. So we can direct our awareness towards space. And we can quote unquote listen into the space, into the silence, and allow the mind to expand in that way. So with the in-breath, you know, becoming aware as the body is expanding. And then with the out-breath, relaxing into the space. With this, you know, attitude of listening into it, into the silence, into the space.
and then you know, just the letting go of the space as an object and just becoming aware of that which knows about the space. It's like almost making a U-turn, conscious awareness, awareness being conscious of itself. And there's nothing you know you have to do, just allow the mind to respond to the degree it can in the present. That's a, it's a training. Being aware of that which knows, being aware of the capacity of the mirror to reflect what is happening. It's an intuitive knowing. It's not uh, intellectual figuring out, but an allowing of awareness to become conscious. And then resting as that. You know, letting go of any sense of identification with it. Just conscious awareness. So temporary liberation of the mind of any clinging to any phenomena. No object and no identification with subject either, just conscious awareness. And also being aware of the subtle joy and the subtle contentment of that state, even it's just a temporary state, but it has everything which is needed in the moment.
It's just opening to this uh, vast intelligence, which operates on a very different level than the intellect. And you know, by having a clear intention to be part of the process and even wanting to serve that process of evolution of the forms of how awareness arises as phenomenons, we can, uh, you know, make some space to receive that what wants to be born and, and embody it. So information. putting it into form, living from that place. So realizing, you know, that humanity has become an active driver in the evolutionary process and that the human role and responsibility now is as an evolutionary, intentionally engaging with the momentum of evolution to shape the future as it being brought into being. So how do we become stewards in service of all life while walking the Buddha's noble eightfold path? Our prayer is to create an imprint of the lived possibility in solidarity with all life, in dialogue with the living planet, and in service to the collective transition. Then that might all sound and a little bit kind of far-fetched, but this is our situation. We can either, you know, take an interest in that what wants to be born. and support that for the benefit of all, or try to just get to sleep, go to sleep. And this is, this is a valid path. 
totally he is in sync with the Buddha's instructions of realizing emptiness or how it said, you know, in modern parlance, entanglement, interbeing. Now, you know, it's a fundamental necessity for the human species to continue here. Because the planet is not in a crisis, it's us. And it's basically a crisis of humility, a crisis of uh, imagination. It's something we totally have agency. We are not victims of this. We are the ones we have been waiting for. And, you know, and I really hope that we can support each other to make ourselves available for this. It's a great good fortune to be able to get this information, I think. So coming back to the body, the breathing process. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.